Well, as we do this time every Monday, we're joined now by Jim Finlay out of Farm Advisors New Zealand Limited and AgSafe New Zealand Limited to give us the weekly economic report. A very good morning, Jim. How's things? Oh, very good, Elliot, and a good morning to you, and nice to hear you again. Yeah, good to be on. Uh, first up, I know you're a big rugby man. What did you make of that All Blacks performance on Saturday night? Weren't they devastating in that first half? It was just absolutely amazing. And uh, old Fozzie had uh, good reason to have a pretty big smile across his face, I think. Yeah, he certainly did. Very, very impressive uh, performance that was. So to the markets, Jim, what have been the, the biggest winners and losers this week? Well, they're mostly losers this week, actually, Elliot. If we just quickly run through them, our, all our uh, beef and lamb schedules have all, and mutton schedules have all moved down a little bit. Um, our 18 kg YX lamb, the North Island schedule is down to $6.87, and the South Island has dropped a little bit to $6.92. The 21 kg MX mutton is down to 3.75 in the North and 3.65 in the South. Our P2 steer, the 2.70 to 2.95 kg weight range, is down to $5.50 in the North and 5.25 in the South. Our M cow, the old boner cow, 160 to 195 kg weight range. It's steady in the north at three seventy, but it's down in the south at three dollars twenty-five. And our two seventy to two ninety-five kg bull is down to five dollars fifty in the north and five dollars in the south. Our sixty kg venison is steady at eight eighty-five in the north and eight eighty in the South Island, which is pretty good. And our dairy commodities, we're expecting another global dairy trade auction this week, and we hope that it can at least hold itself and maybe show a little bit of upward movement, but um, that might be a little bit of a dream at the moment, Elliot. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, some interesting uh, movements there. Um, Emma Paul last week winning the uh, Young Farmer of uh, the Year Award. Now, oh, she was the first female winner in the 55-year history of the competition. I always remember this being on the telly for, for ages when I, was, when I was growing up, watching the Young Farmer of the Year. It's not on TV anymore. Uh, very disappointing, isn't it? Sort of an abridged version, sort of at some strange hour, um, mm. a week or two later. So you're right, Elliot, it was prime time Saturday night TV when it was uh, in its heyday, and it really did bring the rural community right into the towns and the cities and everybody's lounge and rooms and things. It was amazing just showing the technical skill of these people and the um, the ability that they have to have to actually become the young farmer of the year and the stuff that you've got to know for farming today, you know, how to the best feed into your stock to get your best levels of production, whether it's wool, meat, or even um, milk to come out of them. It's it's a very technical process. It's not something that just happens. You just don't open the gate and say, cow or animal, go and have a feed and see what you can produce me. It's something that has to happen um, and very deliberately. And to have it on TV, it was amazing. And I think it should be back there in prime time, Saturday night TV. And next Sunday, next weekend would have been great because um, I don't think there's a rugby test on next weekend. No, week off next week in the rugby championship, so it would have been perfect timing to, to have the Young Farmer of the Year award. Hopefully someone from, from TVNZ or someone's listening and has a, a spark and goes, yeah, let's get that back on TV uh, in 2024. Uh, and Jim, in your weekly uh, rant this week, you want to talk about the, the, the nonsensical demand for net zero by 2050? Yeah, I do just want to make a few comments about mm. that, Elliot. Um, we talk about the solar and the um, wind power being um, sort of uh, green and that, but when you look at what has to go in to make them up, it's absolutely amazing. You know, a typical windmill 
weighs apparently about um, 1,688 tonnes and it has 1,300 tonnes of concrete in it. Um, the solar panels are made up with a lot of um, chemicals and if they're going to be, uh, the power is going to be stored from either of them, you've got to mine a lot of lithium and um, copper and things that, you know, and none of those are very green at all and they're very rare elements and they just don't replace themselves, not like a bit of wind or a bit of sun or even water tends to replace itself, we've found out over recent months, Elliot. Yes, indeed, Jim. Uh, look, I really appreciate catching up. And look, I think, yeah, the, the, you're right. very right about the, uh, the 2050 um, net zero demands. Always a pleasure, Jim. And uh, look forward to catching up again soon, eh? Lovely. Good. Thank you, Elliot. And goodbye to the listeners. 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. <sighs> and when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems, or a, but I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.